This is Learning Innovation, the teaching and learning podcast, otherwise known as LittlePod. We are created by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation, located in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. Here at CTLI, it's our job to keep education innovative and accessible, which leads to lots of conversations and projects with students, educators and experts in our networks. We hope you'll tune in, hit play, and get inspired as we navigate and capture the dynamic landscape of teaching, learning, and pedagogy. Welcome to episode number 24 of The Little Pod. Our guests today are Simon Shares, an instructor in the Centre for Business, Arts, and Science here at Lethbridge College, and Amanda Mohammed, a student researcher in the Exercise Science Program here at Lethbridge College. Today we'll be discussing some ongoing research in their area, as well as some work-integrated learning and student projects. Welcome, Simon and Amanda. Hello. (laughs) Good to be with you. Glad you could join us. So I understand that you're in the final stages of a research project that is investigating the application of immersive technologies, and I'm fascinated to hear more about this. Can you tell me about it? And maybe I'll let you go go ahead first, Simon. Yeah, you bet. No, so we've had a, a really fun time here over the, pri- primarily in the fall, uh, so the fall of, of um 2021, uh, doing this research project, it, it was a, it's called a scoping review. So we're doing really a deep dive into the literature, finding out what's currently uh, out there, what knowledge exists uh, surrounding the application of immersive technology. So that being primarily augmented reality and virtual reality and how it's been applied in, um, you know, sort of fitness, uh, fitness related areas, uh, primarily to do with, uh, with children and adolescents. Right. So uh, we know that, um, physical activity and, and exercise is 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 lagging behind in in our youth and our in our children right stats from canada suggest that you know a small percentage of of kids actually meet uh, minimum physical activity uh, recommendations and and uh, so we kind of looked at immersive technologies as per- perhaps a way of 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 reaching out to those kids and enticing them to be to be more active and but relatively little is known about it you know the technology is advancing rapidly but uh, hasn't really uh, developed uh, enough yet to uh, to really you know lead to large scale studies so we wanted to kind of have a look and see what's currently out there. And uh, yeah, so we, you know, we, like I said, we did a deep dive into the literature and we pulled out articles and some of our main findings is that um, both augmented and and virtual realities have been applied uh, in in several instances, mostly with, uh, with kids with, with um, um, certain developmental delays, cognitive uh, delays, uh, impairments, physical impairments. And in that area, um, you know, augmented and virtual reality. So immer- immersive technologies have been used to try to improve uh, skill-related components of fitness, right? So movement proficiency. And uh, and, and then in, in, you know, quote-unquote healthy uh, children, uh, the general population of, 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 of youth, the, the application has been very much limited just to trying to promote or increase 
daily physical activity, but there hasn't really been much exploration into what could we use this to, to for instance, develop, um, you know, sports specific skills, right? Uh, whether that be, you know, agility or, or all sorts of other different, um, you know, skill related outcomes. And, and so there's definitely a bit of a, a gap still in the literature there. Like how can we use this technology for, uh, for your average child, for your average youth to try to uh, increase their uh, engagement in physical activity. And uh, so that's kind of the biggest thing is there, there definitely is a gap. There's more need for, for bigger studies, um, randomized, you know, control trials, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so that's kind of the conclusion that so far we've reached. Can you give me an example for, for people that, that, um, that aren't in the field? I'm like, what does virtual and augmented reality, what would be an example of that in an exercise or movement setting? What does that look like? Oh, well, I'm, I'm forgetting the names of, of some of the technologies that are out there right now, but, um, there's, there's quite a bit and, it's changing so rapidly with what's available. But I'm thinking like the, something like Wii. Are you familiar with that, that, uh, that yeah, video game? Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah, maybe Simon actually could speak to this a bit better than I can. Yeah, no, Amanda actually answered it really well. I, I think you can kind of put immersive technologies on a spectrum of, you know, really immersive and then, or high immersive and, and low immersive. And, and, and that's actually kind of another thing that we've, we found is that most of the technologies applied in, in, uh, in fitness related areas with, with kids and adolescents have been sort of towards the low end of, of immersive, uh, the, the immersive spectrum, if you will. And so Xbox Connect is one that comes up quite a bit. And then Nintendo Wii, as Amanda had already said, those are probably uh, the best examples. And I would say constitute about uh, uh, two thirds of, of all the studies um, uh, that we've looked at in terms of what kind of immersive technology they, they used. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that gives me a little bit of an understanding of, of what it mm-hmm. looks like. And I think for most people, they've probably you know, at least kind of seen those games played if they haven't even, you know, maybe they've tried them too. Um, and so um, what kind of support have you got for the research or how did that um, come about? Yeah, I think, uh, well, the big thing obviously is is with any research project, even if it's, you know, a, a literature review or scoping review like we did, um, there's a time component, right? Uh, lots of time invested. Um, my time, and then of course uh, the, the the students as well. So Amanda, being one of the researchers, we have another uh, student researcher on board with us, and his name's Morgan Morgan Boys. And uh, so, in order to to, to kind of make everything go, we receive funding from CARF, so uh, internal uh, funding from from the college to kind of help support this project. That's wonderful. And Amanda, so um, it's very, it must be very exciting as a student to be on this type of a research project. Um, what's it been like for you? Oh, well, it's been awesome working with Simon. Um, I love the way that he teaches. So I felt like working with him and understanding his direction would be very easy for me and pretty clear, which it has been. Um, and I think just with this topic, like it's... There's so much that's happening uh, so quickly in terms of change with technology, just in general. And so even when we're talking about gaming and immersive technology like VR and uh, 
and yeah, Nintendo Wii and some of the things that we looked into, um, that research is being done on, but then it, it opens up this opportunity for more to more research to be done, um, in, in the field. So, and like just understanding how this can be applied, um, for children and for youth and, um, promoting physical activity. Uh, and for me, yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful just getting on this topic and looking into what's out there and working with Simon and being led and by him. I can see how this must be, you know, really kind of groundbreaking research in some ways because those games and and augmented and virtual reality haven't really been around all that long. So, so this would be quite quite new. Yeah, yeah, definitely it is, and uh, I think it's just getting started. So there's the the scoping review that we're writing. I feel like it's going to open up. Um, opportunity for more research is what's going to happen with it, I think. Um, Yeah, it's great. And was that what drew you to this project? I think working with Simon is what drew me to this project. Um, And then I was on board for anything that any topic that he he wanted us to do research on. And I loved his research methods class. So that was that was a no brainer for me. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, And Simon, do you want to speak to kind of this sort of innovative, I guess, kind of research? Because this seems like such a new area, a new field. Yeah, I mean, I think my background really is is with... um, with with children and adolescents, right, and and recognizing the the importance of of, of exercise and physical activity for all sorts of health outcomes, right, whether that be um, you know uh, physiological development, physical development, cognitive development as well. Uh, the the limits really are are endless when it comes to exercise. There's a saying that if we could put exercise into a bottle, it would be the most revolutionary. Uh, pill that we we've ever developed right because of all the benefits that uh, that you can derive from it and um yeah and and so so of course we're trying to find ways to to bring people in and do it right because that's the biggest thing is is most people including especially kids are just not getting enough physical activity right to to meet meet the guidelines and 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 things are things are improving to some extent right you probably remember the you know the participation report card it's usually something that's broadcast uh, over the radio and in in the news and uh where this the you know children across canada uh, and and globally as well are are awarded grades right for for things like physical activity engagement we're kind of sort of in the in the d area and we don't seem to be able to get out of that into the the c the c area uh, and let alone b and and a's right at the top of the grading grading spectrum so yeah we're really just trying to find ways uh to to promote physical activity and it it makes a lot of sense because of course gaming is 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 hugely popular amongst kids so why not try to leverage that to bring people uh or to bring kids uh back to physical activity right very new, as Amanda pointed out, right? There's um, lots of technical challenges still to be worked out. But as as big tech uh, gets into this more and more, uh, you know, you can expect changes very quickly. So you have to really keep up 
uh, keep up with it. So uh, one thing I did want to mention, and uh, so thanks to, to Amanda and Morgan's work, uh, the students that are part of this project, uh, we've just been accepted to present at the Amer American Colleges of, uh, or Amer American College of Sports Medicine uh, Conference, the first conference since the pandemic, the, the last two have been online. So we get to go present this stuff in San Diego in the summer. And uh, so we're really looking forward to that, but definitely wouldn't have been possible without the hard work of, of both Amanda and, uh, and Morgan. So I just wanted to, to point, point that out, so that their, their work is, is being recognized internationally. So Congratulations. That's quite exciting. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, thank you. It's amazing. Um, Amanda, can you, are there other projects that you're involved in as well? Uh, other research projects yes. or no other research projects on the go right now. Um, yeah, I'm teaching yoga at the college and, uh, I am working out in the field. Um, I am doing my practicum at O2 and, um, teaching at HeartSpace, a yoga studio in town and, um, yeah, teach for a few private online clients. Um, yeah, it's that's it pretty really busy. Right it is busy, so I'm. It's a little bit of time management, and also learning how to say no at, at this time too. So I've had to say that to uh, a few places, and just knowing um, what do I want to do and what what makes me happy, and trying to factor that into my decisions. So just getting into a little bit of that, especially as I move into graduation, but nothing other than the research project um, in terms of that with Simon. Wonderful. That's a great skill to develop. Yes. Um, I, I want to come back to finding out about the research, but I do have a question about the technology as well. Um, so do you have a setup, um, do you have some technology that, that you're working with or what does that look like? Is, is there a dedicated space for that or? Uh, so for um, immersive technologies, like for research? Mm -hmm. uh, no. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I think obviously we have, uh, if, if not the one of the strongest, or if not the strongest, and certainly one of the strongest um, virtual uh, reality and augmented reality programs, uh, certificate programs in the country, right? So they definitely have a, a huge capacity uh, to, to do research with the technology directly. Uh, for this project, it was, it was mostly just deep dive into the literature, right? We're not, other than kind of occasionally playing around with the technology to see what it's like, we, we haven't really applied that yet in a setting. We're just not quite at that stage yet from a research um, from a research perspective, right? That would be kind of the next step. We wanted to, to uh, conduct this research project to, to lay the foundation for, for future projects that would definitely require partnership or uh, would be foolish not to partner with, with the experts here on campus that have a much greater understanding of, of the technology and how it can be how it can be applied. So that's kind of future aspiration uh, that we have. But currently, uh, no, it's not like we have a devoted lab space in, uh, in, in, in the physical education building where we have all this equipment um, uh, uh, yet. So hopefully I that answers this, your question. Yeah, no, that's great. That gives me a, um, a better understanding. And so this is really important groundwork, really, I guess, to, to get to that future stage. Yep. 
So moving on to work integrated learning, um, what does that look like in exercise science? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, that the mandate from the government now is to, to have work integrated learning there for students. And I think that's obviously fantastic, right, is is being able to get uh, more hours, uh, more hands on time in their chosen fields is, is, is absolutely fantastic. We've have uh, created or you know, obviously moving towards that, we've got kind of three different uh, work integrated learning um, initiatives, if you will, that we have going on in exercise science. Uh, the first one is kind of a layered approach, right? So the first one being kind of our health related fitness assessments that the students do in their, um, I guess that would be their third semester, the fall of the second year. And uh, where they have, you know, clients, um, from which are usually volunteers internally from the college that come in and then the students uh, do a full uh, battery of fitness assessments with them right so health related fitness that includes you know cardiovascular fitness uh, musculoskeletal fitness and so on so they do a, a number of different uh, tests the canadian society for exercise physiology is uh, kind of been tasked with coming up with these valid and reliable tests and they have a, a whole battery of them as i mentioned and and the students kind of first learn how to use those tests and then they they can they can get their feet wet so to speak actually doing these so that's kind of the, the first part and then they build on that in in the fourth semester where they do their client training project so where they uh you know start with with an assessment and then they use the results of that assessment so you know the health related fitness tests, uh, the results from that, and then they move forward and, and actually generate a program, right? So if they recognize that, oh, you know what, uh, our, our client that we have uh, is, is perhaps a bit weak when it comes to uh, cardiovascular fitness, well, then the program uh, that they create would kind of focus on that, right? And, and hopefully develop that over a four-week period. Okay, so they work with a client for, for four weeks and they do some assessments as, as part of that. So really fantastic, um, fantastic opportunity for students to learn, right, in, in a hands-on manner rather than just sitting in class and maybe testing each other a little bit and, and learning about the theory, but then never actually doing it with, with, uh, with as, you know, as close as you can get to a client. I so. think I actually volunteered one year. Yeah, and, okay, uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. it was a really good, good experience. Awesome. Yeah. And I know Stacia Nelson is in, in charge of that. She does both uh, health-related fitness assessments and the client training projects as part of her courses. So she's always uh, looking for volunteers. She'll often put out calls. If, if any listeners are interested in getting involved, just, just look out for, for, those, uh, for those calls. I think she usually puts it in connections. And, and, uh, uh, and certainly if you want to reach out, then I'm sure she can put you onto a list as well. Well, and it's that's pretty fun. It's, it's pretty, pretty fun. fun and it's really a win-win because you get this free service, this evaluation on, on your own fitness as a volunteer. And then it's also beneficial for the student to have that practice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. And then there's one more that uh, they have, which of course is the practicum. So it's uh, in the fourth semester, they go out uh, for their practicum, 50 hours uh, of hands-on stuff in uh in 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 you know one of the the exercise or sports related businesses and organizations in in town right and um yeah so i don't know amanda where where were you for 
Where are you for your practicum? Maybe I, you want to share a bit of that. Yeah, I would love to. I'm. I was placed at O2. Actually, I selected uh, O2 Training Center, um, and it's a wonderful gym. They just opened up their new space. Uh, they've got uh, complete gym floor, uh, free weight equipment, machines. Um, yeah, and then they've got. Uh, martial arts uh, matted area and a yoga room um, so I've taught yoga there and I'm shadowing personal training uh, that's happening with the trainers that are already on board with them and um, I've co-taught some fit classes so some group circuit training uh, classes for their members um, and yeah it's been it's been wonderful being there it's been a breath of fresh air and that application piece to everything that we've learned um, in the last year and a half has been just, it's, it's been groundbreaking for me because I started the semester thinking I've got to study more. I'm not ready um, to get out in the field and expand on what I'm doing because I've already been teaching yoga for um, a couple years full time. So, uh, I went out there though, and, and just getting going in it, even after the first two weeks, like I realized I, I, I know so much more than I think I do. So being able to apply it with a client in real situation and teach a group fitness class and yes, go out, teach some more yoga, but then find that I'm a lot more capable um, than I thought with the information, with the new information that, that I've learned through the program. So, um, and the client training project is, is just the same. So we've got another course, um, in this semester in our fourth semester called chronic conditions and exercise. So we're learning how to treat various conditions with exercise or how to modify exercise for um, any individual with a particular condition. And for my client training project, I have an individual who has hypertension and he has low back pain um, from an injury a few years ago and he hasn't exercised in quite some time. So it's like this client training project is putting all the pieces together. And I trained him today for the first time and it was great. So it's just being able to um, yeah, expand on what I know, uh, in, in a kind of tactical sense and just, you know, doing it with someone as opposed to just with my classmate or asking questions and writing reports. It's, yeah, it's great. So you're really being able to bring the theory and, and those things that you've learned in class and apply it in a real life situation. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, that's been key for me here. I feel a lot more confident going out and, um, yeah, kind of narrowing in on what I want to do with this. And this practicum situation also has, has it given you more of a variety of, um, things to work on than maybe you had previously? 
Uh, what do you mean? Like as in, like you um, taught yoga before, but yes. now it sounds like you're, you're getting to touch on many different things. Yes. So I had hesitation because I felt like I'm not ready to personal train. I think I need to study some more. And I went out there and, you know, even shadowing with another trainer, like your input is also valuable. And there were a lot of people who came in with different conditions. And a lot of the people that go there is like gen pop. So general population. So, um, you know, it's it's people that are maybe haven't moved in a, in a long time or are just getting back into fitness um, that, you know, are exercising just to stay healthy and don't have a particular athletic goal per se or yet. So I realize that there's that I know what I'm doing and I know how to how to help them and I can um give my input in a way that is is uh appropriate and um I realize that yes I do love personal training um and then that I love group fitness class I taught it's a little bit different though with weighted exercise because being on the mat with Pilates and yoga and meditation and that avenue, uh, like everybody's doing the same exercise at the same time, but then working with like circuit training and group fitness classes, like everybody's doing something different and it's a different kind of navigation of the room and, um, uh, I'm learning so much about cueing, like exercise cueing and being able to, um, yeah, help, help everyone and expand on like what I know in a way where I can go back and look at what I've learned and then, and then expand on that in, in the application piece. Okay. Like I know that this would be great to train your glutes, but this exercise per se, and then. I can go in and find out, okay, like how do I describe this to this particular client in the best way possible? Because that's not something that we went over in great detail, but then being able, because how everybody moves different, you know, so that it's, it's just practice. I've gotten a lot of practice and yes, I have realized that um, there's a lot more that I want to teach and, and get into, um, in fitness. Well, and, and as you say, everyone moves differently and people maybe understand these things differently or have different physical challenges, which maybe adds uh, an element of problem solving, I would imagine. Yes, totally. Yep. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, that sounds very exciting. And, and, uh, I'm sure that the people you're working with must really be appreciative of the help that you're giving them. I hope so. <laughs> and I, I feel really passionate about it, like getting out there and doing practicum and client training, the client training project um, has like reignited that sense of like, I love this. <laughs> so it's, I hope that everyone feels like that. And I've gotten pretty good feedback. So I'm, I'm glad. Coming back to the research for a moment, what has doing this research meant to you and um, you know, meant to you and going on into the profession? Uh, yeah, this research topic in particular. Well, I started to think about how, because I have the Oculus at home. It's like a virtual reality, like glasses or like kit that you wear. Um, and I've done a few uh, fitness programs that they have on there. 
um, or applications that you can download. And I was just thinking about virtual reality, augmented reality, technology in fitness, like for everyone and how, how that soon will look as we're progressing into, um, like where we're moving with technology, which is so like very much quickly changing. Um, and I, I haven't thought about anything too particular, but it's just, it's helped me think about change. Like what, what direction are we moving in, in this industry and what can we do? Yes. For children and for adolescents who are our future and are getting into, um, the technology is a lot faster than we are, uh, as the older generation. And so how can that be used, um, to promote this necessary thing for our body, which is exercise and movement and having that capacity so that you're, you know, you can sustain this long life, um, that we're all, you know, living right now. So I, it has, it has put a bit of thought. uh, I have put a bit of thought, um, with this research project, um, with everything else that that's going on and what I'm interested in and in and how I can, how it can use it to teach and to advocate for exercise um, for everyone. Well, this podcast is the Learning Innovation Podcast, and the question you pose sounds exactly, you know, kind of the spark of innovation. How can we use this? What can we do with this? Where can we go with it? Yeah. So that's really amazing. Um, so Simon, I'll come back to you. Um, so we've talked a little bit about possibly what the future might look like, but can you expand on that? What, what will be kind of next following this research? Yeah, no, thanks for that question. I think, um, lots of different opportunities. I think one of the big things with, with immersive technologies, of course, which, which may seem kind of odd considering, you know, the Oculus is, (laughs) is, is pretty expensive, but one of the big things, of course, is, 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 you know, first off, as I mentioned already, enticing people, enticing kids to, to be more active. But the other thing is accessibility, right? Accessibility. Um, it, it, it's not cheap uh, to, you know, um, buy a membership to a gym to, uh, you know, enroll in a, um, a spin class and, uh, and to, uh, to enroll in yoga classes and things like that, right? There's a cost associated with that. So by, by developing this technology, it might be, become more accessible, right? Now we can engage in all these uh, activities, um, you know, assuming, of course, the cost of the Oculus and, and other uh, technology that's similar uh, comes down, which I think it, it, it's foregone conclusion that it will at some point. And so that's a big thing is accessibility, right? The other thing, of course, is there's, um, you know, uh, certain stigmas that, that certain people might have about exercise or they feel like maybe they're, um, you know, because they haven't uh, participated often in physical activity or exercise that uh, going to a gym can be, can, can cause uh, a bit of anxiety, right? So, so having that tool there uh, may make it more achievable for them to to partake so that's kind of i think that the the benefit obviously of this technology in terms of the future where we're going uh that's you know certainly the the immersive technology side is one side uh that we'll, we'll, we're going to continue to uh, explore in conjunction with with the folks who of course are experts in in this area at the college the other thing is uh we're looking forward to next year and i've just in, in the 
finishing phases here of putting in the paperwork and applications for funding for a project next year. So if we get the funding, we're looking at uh, conducting a research project, a project that tests the effect of a 10-week exercise program on, uh, uh, on learning, right? So academic performance and executive functions, uh, but also on uh, mental health outcomes, right? So can we protect against some of the more severe negative mental health outcomes, such as depression, anxiety, and stress by, you know, regularly engaging in physical activity. So we've got a, a program plan next year in conjunction with Be Fit for Life. So they'll run this program 10 weeks and, and we'll invite students to be part of it. And then we'll subject them to pre and post testing to see if, if that program's uh, had any sort of appreciable effect on uh, on on you know mental health outcomes and uh, and learning so that's that's another area that we're that we're now pursuing and will probably consume most of my year next year and um, yeah that sounds like a really interesting uh, research project as well and as one who works on curriculum and and learning I, I'd be very fascinated to find out the results as as you uh, get to the point of publishing that research. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and there's, of course, some research uh, that exists already. Most of it, though, has been on, uh, on younger uh, kids, right? So, of course, we make the argument when it comes to, uh, you know, especially uh, development of executive functions and, and cognitive function, that that doesn't stop when you're a child. It continues well into your 20s, uh, even, you know, all the way up until you're 30 years of age. And of course, there's student populations in that. And there's been relatively little uh, work with students, uh, post-secondary students. So we want to be able to do that and, uh, and point to some of these, basically find out if there's any uh, benefit to that, right? And then maybe if, you know, if there is, that creates justification for, for offering such a program to students um, you know, every semester, uh, continuously for hopefully free of charge. Well, that sounds like a, an important question to ask, because certainly we are hearing that college and post-secondary students, um, particularly with the pandemic, but I think even before that, have, you know, had challenges with stress and, and mental health. And so, um, you know, anything that can support that is fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the pandemic has really exacerbated and, and also, you know, drawn our attention to, to some of these things that, uh, that students are going through and, and we're listening, right? And, and we're trying to uh, support them in the best way possible and exercise might be one of those things. Following what Amanda was saying about her experiences with practicum and, and you know, tying all that knowledge from, from classes um, to the, the, you know, work environment. Um, did you have anything you want to kind of follow up with that in regards to practicum and those kinds of experiences? Yeah, no, I think Amanda did a really good job of explaining what it, what this is like from a, from a student's end, right? For, for us as the instructors, uh, we see this from one end and we try to make sure that we've got, uh, uh, you know, solid outcomes for for these projects and that students are, are learning from it. And, and oftentimes we don't get to actually hear from students how it is impacting uh, impacting them. So, um, yeah, which is really, really great to hear. 
Uh, I think there's all sorts of, 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 of opportunity, right, for, for continuing to develop these. Lethbridge College and, and especially Station Nelson, when it comes to uh, some of these projects that we've had, like anything involving clients, uh, um, you know, we can, we can definitely toot our own horn a little bit. And we were some of the first to, to do this, right? Uh, Nate has kind of adopted a similar uh, approach to, uh, to, to this work, integrated learning with, you know, uh, the health rated fitness assessments and the client training. Training. And uh, but we we're kind of kind of first to to do that, and and kudos to my colleague Stacia for 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 who's been here at the college for for quite some time now, who's who's kind of had the chance to develop this uh, moving forward. Um, really cool stuff she's doing. Like for for instance, she's uh, exploring the you know starting to use uh, specification grading in uh, in in her courses. And uh, which which is really really kind of a new way of 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 uh, approach, approaching assessments in, in in these courses and and yeah lots of great things to come I'm sure. Oh, I can add to that too. I I really love that. I've I mean I I studied architecture in university, um, and I wish we had that that um, way of grading and uh, assessing. Um, back then in that program too. And I feel like it, there's room for it in all programs, especially as you're approaching towards the end. And it's like having, giving the students room to learn. I feel like that's what specification grading does um, because there is room to make mistakes and room to find your own way of relating that information to your client and, and getting into the real world situation, but then applying it um, like to yourself and, and having that, that space to, to mess up and try again. And so it's a, either you get a complete or an incomplete. And, uh, yeah, I just, I've really been enjoying, um, going through the client training project being graded that way. Um, can, can you describe the specification grading? I, well, I'll try. I hope I can speak to it correctly. But as I understand it, instead of um, instead of being given a particular number for a grade of how you did when you handed this particular part of the project in, like throughout the entire client training project, there are a whole bunch of things that we need to um, get done as we move through as we move through it, and either it's a complete or an incomplete. And um, maybe Simon needs to speak to this because I. Um, it, it, that yeah, sounds it, like a pretty good description. But then, but then there are also like letter grades, like an A. Is that correct, Simon? Like an A, B, C related to is it is it related to how much you've com completed, how many completes? I'm I'm not too sure. But basically, with Stacia, like there's there's some room there. Like if you handed something in and you didn't quite quite get it done or you didn't uh, like quite get it done to the degree that is necessary um, in understanding how to work with that client uh, like she gives you a chance to um, like try again and then get that complete so it's it's not this like end all be all I handed it in and it's done like there's some space there to know like this is your time to apply. So try your best, 
get get it done as you see fit with your client and how it makes sense to you. And here are some guidelines. And if it needs to be redone, then let's take a look at that. Where are the gaps as opposed to saying you did this wrong? Because we all we all learn differently and we all teach differently. We all guide each other when it comes to fitness just a little bit differently. So um, and we all like uh, uh, take soap notes, like take notes on on how how the training is going differently so it's yeah yeah no i think uh amanda did a much better job explaining it than i could and uh, so that's yeah that's 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 the approach that uh that we're trying to you know obviously apply uh in, in other courses as well wherever there's room i think especially for courses where there's skills involved yes. right this is yes this, this is definitely the way to do it i think one of the advantages as well is in a sense, you almost kind of get an exemplar. Like for the student, you know exactly what you need to be able to demonstrate, right? And then, and then you know, you you get a chance at it. And if, if it doesn't quite go, then it may be an incomplete, or or and you get to try again. And 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 you just you really know, like for student introspection, it's it's and uh, and using that uh, to their advantage as part of the learning process. It's it's definitely the way to go. And, uh, but yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add. I think Amanda answered it really clearly and, and especially using the, the example of the course that she's in and how it, it, it leads into, uh, into the projects that they're doing and the work integrated learning that they're doing. So. And that's great to hear your perspective on that grading as well. Yeah, it's wonderful. I hope to see a little bit more of it where where it can be applied because it, it can't be done everywhere. But like Simon said, the areas where um, like us as students were applying a lot of skills, like it just gives a little bit of breathing room. Like now you're working with a client. So maybe nerves get involved. Like it's not an end all be all situation. Like you can come back to it. You can refine your skills. You can refine the way that you're speaking or sharing or relating um, maybe something that you'd like them to do and and also in that reflection part in this project as well like there's there's so much room to be like okay like I'm just going to figure out how to spread my wings and and fly here so um, it's awesome yeah yeah and it's not about this finite grade but about the learning exactly exactly Okay, Amanda, so you mentioned that you have also taken architecture in university, and now you're, you're doing this, and I can really hear your passion. So what is going to be next for you after you graduate? That's a really good question. Um, I definitely want to stay uh, in this field, like in the field of fitness. I've been teaching yoga for quite some time, and I taught it informally. Um, in the past while I was going through university and even uh, I was a teacher um, for a couple years in Japan and yoga was a big part of of my teaching um, and I taught English and cultural studies. Um, I, I don't know exactly, but I know that I'm going to be teaching. I know that I love to share uh, to share movement and to help people um feel better in their bodies like and and just and just feel more alive like it there's a connection piece to what's going on in your mind to what's going on in your body and i think that if we can get into um you know how your body's moving and how we can 
move better or support ourselves better, uh, I think it, it, it helps us with everything in our lives. And, um, I'm always going to be teaching yoga and I think personal training too. And, um, I do love teaching group fitness classes and that's what being on practicum has taught me just like with weighted exercise. Um, I, I don't know exactly. It's, it's a question I'm asking myself quite a bit right now too. Well, it sounds to me like you're going to have exciting things ahead, no matter what. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you. Simon, do, do you have any kind of final things that you'd like to follow up with? Yeah, no. Uh, well, obviously, a big thank you to um, to you guys for inviting us and, and, and having us come in or allowing us to come in and talk about uh, things that we're passionate about, right? Uh, for me, it's, uh, of course, the, the research uh, component and and uh, the program itself and Amanda for, for um, her passion for, for movement. And, and so that's really good. I think trying to think here, if, if there's anything else we've missed, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't think so. think so. I think we've covered, um, we've covered a lot of stuff uh, moving forward. I think there's always like, how can we, you know, improve our program? How can we uh, improve the learning for our students? We talked a little bit about specification grading. Um, <clears throat> High flex learning obviously is something that post pandemic that's it's probably going to stay with us in, in some capacity. So uh, we're looking forward uh, to, to that. Even, you know, like what we talked about today, augmented and virtual reality, how can we continue uh, to, to incorporate that even into our program, exercise science? If that is going to be the future, how do we uh, not get left behind? How do we incorporate that into our teaching and into our coursework so that students are prepared when they, when they, when they leave, uh, leave us and, and enter industry? So, and uh, that's kind of things that we're looking forward to. And um, yeah. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you both for um, this great conversation today. As as one who, you know, I, I try to keep my fitness up and, and, you know, I take some classes. So it's really exciting to hear your passion, Amanda. And I'm going to have to look up some of your classes because uh, I think you're an, uh, you sound like you'd be an awesome instructor. Um, one of the final things that we do always is we finish up our, our episode with something that you've loved learning lately. And I can hear from both both of you, that you have a passion for learning and for education. So this really could be anything that you've just loved learning lately. And, and it could be a recipe or uh, could be something from your courses or outside of your courses. So um, who would like to go first? I can go first. I, I wanted to add to to what Simon said, like at the end you asked, is there anything else? Well, I'm I'm excited to see what comes of the scoping review that 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 we write and what what you put together like um i'm excited to hear the questions and maybe potential research that can come um of that and even with the technology itself like what what oper- what collaboration opportunities for research can be done um to expand on uh the applications that are out there so and and that's coming regardless but i think that it's i don't know it gets it gets the conversation started with with uh with with that and something that i've enjoyed learning recently um it would be well, I've enjoyed learning more about myself. 
as in just i'm i'm understanding that i i better need to refine what it is that i want to do like for me and um I coming to the end of the program here and moving to graduation and kind of asking myself those questions has brought up um, a greater uh, looking to my habits and maybe how to refine them and um, yeah, just be a better, more functioning Amanda. <laughs> well, that's a great thing to learn. And and that that often is a process that... that it uh, is continues on. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. And for you, Simon? Yeah, no, I think I would echo those sentiments about that Amanda just uh, pointed out about learning about yourself. I think uh, having gone through this pandemic the last two years, we've had time to pause, right? We've had time to think about our, our, our passions and aspirations and to kind of unplug from the busy world that often doesn't afford, the, afford us those uh, the, the, that time. And, uh, and then, yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is, is, is always learning from students, right. And learning to work with students and this project with, uh, with, with Amanda and Morgan, it's been really fantastic. And, uh, not long ago, I was on the other side of this, right. As, as a student, uh, working, uh, working through research and now I'm kind of on the other end and, and, and it's wonderful to see, uh, you know, these students come together and work hard and, and, and produce really good, really good work. Right. So, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation and very exciting. And uh, we will post links to um, any of the things you've mentioned in the show notes. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Simon, for. Yeah, uh, thanks, Amanda, yeah, for coming. Awesome I appreciate it. Thanks for having us again. Thank you. This episode featured Donna McLaughlin as host and Simon Shares and Amanda Muhammad as guests. Jordana Gagnon was our producer. Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor. Thank you also to Daryl Benebeck, Joel Godry, Kelsey Jansen, Tyler Wall, and Jamin Heller for their ongoing support and expertise. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning, and Innovation and recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more information and inspiration, check out learninginnovation.ca. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and follow us on your chosen platform. Thanks for listening and take care. Mm-hmm.